All right, welcome to the show. This podcast will be named later. I'm one of your hosts, Jermaine Colon Mendez, and this is my co-host. Hey guys, it's uh, Nick Morahan. We're happy to have you guys here, uh, and finally doing something, Jermaine, that we've talked about for uh, probably a year and a half at this point. Yeah, let's see. How long have we known each other? Yeah. Uh, who knows who's to say december of 2017 yeah so that's probably as long as we've been talking about it yeah so you you guys are going to get a lot from us you guys are gonna, mainly going to get a sports themed podcast but we're going to throw in uh some current events some uh some nerd stuff like comics and movies and stuff like that and uh really just random topics because uh we're going to do random things yeah, you know, that's pretty much how life is, so no need to pigeonhole ourselves. And speaking of current events, let's go ahead and uh, talk about the big one lately, you know, which is COVID-19. Thoughts? We hope everybody's, uh, we hope everybody's doing safe, doing, uh, being safe, doing safe. Jesus. Uh, everybody's being safe out there. Uh, or doing safe. Really? You know, like that's, that's, or do, that's or doing go, safe. You know? The thing, the thing that I'm concerned about is this stay-at-home order. This is really going to make uh, couples figure out what they are real quick. Oh man, that's one thing that I've been thinking about. That, that <laughs> <laughs> I was joking to myself uh, earlier today, and I was just like, "I bet you dogs are talking to themselves, like, man, when is this guy leaving? I need some alone time." <laughs> yeah, I saw I saw one thing the other day that said. Uh, uh, that dogs are. This is what dogs feel like every day. <laughs> no wonder they're so. No wonder they're so excited to see us at the end of every day. Yeah, I guess that does make sense. You know, there's a lot of parents discovering that children yeah. are as bad as they are. You know. Yeah, dude. I created a mini me who's a monster. Oh yeah, I mean, God. You know what? I it is during during this time as always. The first responders, the grocery store workers, everyone. I'm not minimizing your sacrifice. It's great, and we appreciate everything you do. But teachers need to be paid like 150 to 200 thousand dollars a year. Oh, it's the stuff that the, the little hellions they put up with. Unbelievable, isn't it? God, I heard. I heard. Yeah, I'm gonna be looking like a, I'm, I'm gonna be looking like a U.S. president by the end of this. <laughs> Graying in all the wrong places. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was my buddy's been telling me he's helping uh, his kids with schoolwork, and I was like, "Well," <laughs> he's just like, "You know how much it sucks to teach two kids?" And I bust out laughing because teachers have classrooms of like thirty plus yeah. kids sometimes, you know. And I was just like, "God, can you imagine the teachers who have like period schedules? So like every period they have thirty new kids." No wonder they yeah we're like a pub. I mean we both went to public we we both went to public high school I mean what was your smallest class like twenty people dude if that if that I you know it was pro- probably twenty was the smallest but I would be pressed to uh, to say that maybe <laughs> a little more <laughs> I mean you have that you have twenty you have twenty kids seven periods a day I mean that's not all of them are going to be great kids like you or I were, of course, little angels. Oh, yeah. All they did was help the teacher. 
all we did was facilitate a safe learning environment for the, for all of our classes and classmates. Uh, I apologize for that joke to any teachers who might be listening to this who uh, actually had me as a student because Lord knows I uh, spoke out of turn as often as I could or slept. None of your teachers are none of your teachers are listening to this podcast. Here's the thing. I know mine were, I'm, mine aren't because they didn't even know I was at the school. <laughs> I mean, I know my teachers aren't, but is anyone listening? That's the million Probably, dollar Let's hope. Somebody's got to. That is <laughs> maybe, the million dollar question. But maybe, maybe that's the podcast. With the, <laughs> is anyone listening? I'm sure that's got to be taken. It's got to be taken. <laughs> yeah. Uh, only original ideas here, right, guys? <laughs> All right. With that being said, that's right. Only original uh, idea. <laughs> so I guess the the big thing right now that's happened in in our you know the the I guess the oasis in the desert, Jermaine, is the NFL draft. Right, the one the one sporting event. We're about four sporting events behind, but they did give us one event. I dude, I would have loved I would have loved to see to 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 have seen how they did Vegas this year with the drive up boats and the fountains at the Bellagio and the floating stage. I was going to go. So here's the thing. I was going to go. You were, Oh yeah. You guys were, you guys were going to be there right at the end of March. Well, no. So we were going to be there for March madness, RIP March madness, the greatest sporting event besides world cup. <laughs> uh, but no, I, so, I Wait, so you're going to be, you're going to be there for March madness in Vegas. Correct. Because you know it's the biggest betting weekend in Vegas. You know, five of the six of course. biggest betting, which I was invited to. Yeah, of course. Uh, but five of the six betting biggest bet, betting days in Vegas are the March are March Madness, and then the other one being the Super Bowl, obviously. But you know, as Americans, you know, Vegas is a little playground, and I like to spend as much time and money and sleepless nights there as possible. So. I was going to go to the draft and just kind of stumble up on it, you know, not really have any tickets, but you know, it's outdoors. I should be able to see it from somewhere. And, uh, that'd be terrific. <laughs> just walk down this strip and be like, Oh, what's going on? Oh, just see anything. You, you guys mind if I was- <laughs> dude, knowing you, knowing you and that gang of goobers, <laughs> knowing you and that gang of goobers, you'll find your way up on the stage. Just like accidentally. I'm on the boat to the stage. <laughs> <laughs> You're the boat driver. That Jermaine, and now to announce the Saints' third round pick, <laughs> some random guy we just <laughs> some guy we found. <sighs> All right, but so what do you think of the draft overall as a an event? Well, so well, I I think we have to make one thing clear to the listeners: this is a NFC South podcast, but it is not a favorable NFC South podcast. Jermaine being a Saints fan and me being a Carolina Panther. Ooh, the Panthers. Fuck the Falcons, though. Oh, the Falcons. But fuck the Falcons. No, we call them the Falcons. <laughs> yeah, or the or the 28-3s. <laughs> yeah, the Seahawks have the 12 no, I, and you the know, uh, Falcons have the 28-3s. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I mean, you, you knew that before the draft, I, the, 
it's kind of funny how you know you have this you have this period in all sports where there's like two months there's like two months after the season has ended and before the i guess you say the preseason starts right the pre preseason yeah the in, in the i guess it would be pretty much pretty much pretty much really the only the nba and the nfl right but no you you have two months to where they where they're not signing free agents we're not talking about drafting yet and i was not a carolina panthers fan in those <laughs> no in those two months as you know oh i, I think that the panthers the, the panthers did a did a good job in the draft and they uh they drafted a record seven defensive players, which has never been done. Uh, or sorry, a only seven only defensive players since they shortened the draft to seven rounds. Yeah, what you're trying only, to say is they only used, defensive they players used all their picks on defensive players, with the minimum being seven since the league sh- uh, shortened the draft to seven rounds, in, I believe uh, 1993 or 1983. You know what? Look at me. I don't even remember. I, I've never I've never been accused of being a smart man. So yes, um, but Jermaine, you have you as the as the podcast resident uh, executive of the year. <laughs> Shout out, Jermaine, the GM. Uh, <laughs> you have some uh, some winners and some losers for the draft, and then we'll go round by round, and you tell me who you like, and I'll kind of chime okay, in. Okay, yeah. I mean, so this is probably a beaten horse with ESPN, Bleacher Report, CBS Sports, Yahoo Sports, you know. But, uh, I mean, it was pretty obvious who the winner of the draft was. And I'm going to have to go with the Baltimore Ravens. So we'll just go ahead and break down they, their uh, their draft class from beginning to end, and we'll just give a little, little thoughts of what we think of the picks and, and uh, whatnot. So in round one, we have the most disrespectful pick of the drafts, you would say, correct, Nick? You can't. I mean, yeah, you, you, yeah, yeah. There's. <laughs> it's just. It's staggering that this man was available for the number twenty eighth pick in Patrick Queen, inside linebacker for LSU. I mean, the the Chargers picked what? The Chargers picked Kenneth Murray at twenty three. Right. right. I I don't know how you. That and then the Saints picked uh, who's the center that, that you guys got? Cesar Ruiz. Yeah, you, you you guys got Ruiz. I don't know how you pass up, how both of those teams, the Chargers and the Saints, with needs at linebacker, passed up the best linebacker in the draft. But he's going to linebacker university in Baltimore. I mean, I, you couldn't be more happy for him. I know that uh, this nugget was shared a lot, but uh, he was the first LSU player drafted by the Baltimore Ravens ever. Yeah, yeah they only draft University of Miami players up to now. <laughs> Really, it was Alabama players because uh, Ozzie Newsom, who is like, you know, one of my favorite executives ever. The dude just knows how to draft. It's unbelievable. Great eye for talent. But he was an Alabama product. So pff, he's not going to mm. draft an LSU player. So that's why they had such an affinity for Alabama linebackers. Shout out CJ Mosley, who uh, is now with the Jets. Yeah. But so his disciple was like, look, dude, I'm not from Alabama. I didn't go to Alabama. Like, who cares? He's like, Patrick Queen is a stud. I'm taking Patrick yeah. Queen. So I don't. Uh, he probably said, he probably said, he's there. <laughs> who? Exactly. So I don't really knock um, the Chargers pick of Kenneth Murray. I think he fits better in their style of defense. They like to play fast and they have to play fast. 
because of Kansas City and Oakland and Denver having an arms race to be oh like it's unbelievable like the amount of speed in that division that's going to be so fun to watch and every single one it's the highest scoring division in the NFL oh, it's yeah. outrageous and every single one of those uh, teams pretty much did a damn good job in their drafts I would say all B's and above for me personally but I'd have to go through and actually grade them one by one I uh, you know. But so we'll move on to the second round for the uh, Ravens. And they got uh, pick number 55 in a trade with the Patriots. Um, the, and the Patriots had it because of the Falcons trade for Muhammad and Sanu. And they took a running back, J.K. Dobbins, out of Ohio State, who I'm a big fan of. I just watch a lot of Ohio State football for some reason. And that reason being my roommate is an <laughs> OSU Cleveland Browns fan. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> yeah, sorry. dude, feel bad for him. <laughs> but I think that he's going to be perfect in this system. Him and Lamar Jackson are, are going to grow together and be something of, something of a force, you know. And Mark Ingram just hit the 30 mark, and you don't want to be a 30-year-old running back, obviously. You want to be a 40-year-old quarterback, though. That's what you want. Yeah. What? I, I mean, you, you got to love that that you got to love that he fell to them, too. Right. Because at 52, you had a guy named Cam Akers from Florida State. Right. And he got taken by the Los Angeles Rams. I don't see how the Rams at 52 don't draft J.K. Dobbins when he was available. Yeah, it's, you know, three picks later. Um, I, you know, this just speaks to big boards being a thing and uh, schemes are everything. Uh but, you know, J.K. Dobbins, uh, to me, is uh, he's got to get a little bit better at pass pro. But, you know, he's still a damn good running back. Pass catching, I think he can do it all pretty much. So, that's- Well, Cam, Cam Akers was the, what, seventh-ranked running back coming into the draft, and he was the third off the board? So if not third, second or third off the board? Yeah, and that's just how teams teams rank, you know. So uh, third, the Saints yeah. had uh, all three of their picks that they took. Uh, sends the seventh round pick of Tommy Stevens um, in their top 40. So they, according to their board, <laughs> have tremendous value. But let's go ahead and run through uh, rounds three and four real quick. Uh, the, here's where they amassed five picks. They got pick 71 from the Chargers with Justin Matabuke, D lineman from AM. You know, he played on a pretty bad. Uh, defense, and he was one of the only stars. It was like him and Jordan Brooks, Brooks trying to save everyone. Uh, <laughs> hence, why you know they lost to they. I think they were seven and five, and but they lost to LSU, Auburn, Alabama, Georgia. It was nothing but the powerhouses of that division. So, yeah, it's hard playing in the SEC. Yeah, we get it. Go back to the then ninety two. We got Devin Duvernay. Uh, personally, one of my favorite picks of the entire draft. I think that dude is a stud. Uh, some bias here because I'm a Longhorn, but the dude is a catching machine, slot slot wide receiver, and man, he is going to eat in this Raven system. He's going to be a yards after the catch. Got to be a third round steal for them. Yeah, too. it's definitely right there. Then another third pound pick, which is compensatory from the Patriots as well, is Malik Harrison. So I think this is another phenomenal linebacker to add to that front seven. And the Ravens took notes of what, uh, you know, what the Tennessee Titans did to him. And they were like, we're going to have to stop because <laughs> the Tennessee Titans embarrassed them in the playoffs and they couldn't stop, you know, a nosebleed. It seemed like, so they're definitely beefing up that front seven. 
Then they go with some hog mollies, which is a term I just found out for this draft. It was everywhere, but uh, that's what they like to call offensive linemen. Apparently, you've never heard you've never heard you've never heard hog molly before. Uh, no, 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 <laughs> no. The big boys, man. The hog molly. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I'm, I hear it now. But you got to pick one hundred six. Uh, Ty, Tyree Phillips, guard from Mississippi State, and then you have pick one forty three. Uh, both of them compensatory picks as Ben Bredesen, guard Michigan. And that was their round four pick. Um, you know, I, I'm a big fan of offensive linemen. I think they are the unsung heroes of the NFL, and you can never, in, never invest too much in your offensive line. So those are big-time picks. And they also had a retirement of a pro bowler, um, this off season. So it's good that they're investing capital there. Hopefully one of those hit. Then you got Broderick Washington in round five out of D lineman out of Texas tech. You got James Proche wide receiver SMU. I can't say anything more about the value they just took with the 201st pick in the draft. James Proche is on the radar as someone who's going to contribute and contribute early. I think that he was unsung because of the program that he played for. And then they got the safety out of Iowa in Geno Stone. Overall, I love all the value they got in this draft. They just kept hitting. And I think every single one of these picks uh, has the opportunity and the talent to contribute right away. So we'll just go ahead and move on to my next favorite. For, for a team, for for a team that you that you forgot to mention was the number one seed in the AFC. They got the reigning MVP, and and if they hadn't a re- yeah reigning MVP, and if they hadn't a ran into the buzzsaw that was Derrick Henry, I mean, God, pay that man, <laughs> pay that man. Yeah. Oh my God, that dude is an absolute stud. It's unbelievable. He gets better. At All right, so give me. So Baltimore dominated. Who else? Who else do you think? Okay. Who else won? Second, I'm going to stay in that division, which is this is just another division that I thought did a really good job uh, with their drafts. You know, minus Pittsburgh. I'm not really too sure what Pittsburgh was doing in this draft. I think that Pittsburgh thinks they're a much better team than they were. And who am I to say? They should know they should know their roster better than me. That defense was definitely one of the best in the league, but I just didn't like what they were doing with their picks. But we're gonna go with the Cleveland Browns. Seems like every year the Cleveland Browns are the winner of the offseason. But here we are again talking draft about draft but not develop. Yeah, draft but not develop, apparently. So we're now now they're all in on analytics. They've got their new head coach. So they say they've got, you know, Baker Mayfield, who I think had a down year. I think it was just his mechanics that led to so many issues. Hopefully he's got a QB coach that's really keeping him tucked in, keeping that elbow tight. And he's teaching him how to throw from a clock. You know what I mean? Like you want your foot to be pointing where you're, where you're throwing. And it just seemed like he wasn't lining up and balls were sailing. He just trusted his arm too much and he has to get back to, mechanics but we'll run through this, these picks a little quicker than we did with the ravens so we'll just do uh day one obviously jedrick willis offensive tackle alabama at number 10 the way the board shook out for them um i think they got great value here 
And if you've seen the reaction video of Joe Thomas, you know, RIP the Browns goat. Um, oh, he was yeah. excited about this pick, <laughs> you know, and the Browns have a track record of first round picks of offensive linemen developing into, you know, perennial pro bowlers. And, and in Joe Thomas case, what about their quarterbacks? What do you mean? What about their quarterback? What about their first round quarterbacks? How have those picks been? Oh, yeah, their history is not great. <laughs> <laughs> so then we're going to go round two, who I think was an absolute great pick because he was, you know, projected to be a top 10 pick coming into this year, you know, played hurt, you know, looked uninterested at times playing for LSU, but we're talking about a national champion here and Grant Delpit safety, terrific value. Then round three, they traded with the Saints. They fell back. I think it was 14 spots. And they took Jordan Elliott, D-lineman out of Missouri. Another great hit. They need as many big bodies on the front seven as they can with that deep, that offense that Baltimore is running. On top of that, you have Joe Burrow and the underrated weapons that uh, Cleveland, I mean Cincinnati has put around. Then you have round three. You're looking at Jacob Phillips, linebacker at LSU. He was Patrick Queen's running mate, and he led that team in tackles. Here's the thing. He's not going to be the most flashy guy, but anytime you get an LSU player who's wearing a single-digit jersey, uh, you're you're probably going to get a, a pretty good ball player. So you go to round. You're going to get you're going to get the fastest dude in the country. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know, and here's the other thing: is he's a winner. So you're going to breed a winning culture. He's coming from a program that just won it all that were the darlings of the college football world. And he's coming in with Grant Delpit and they're going to be playing on the same defense. So now you have continuity in an off season that has tons of question marks, right? Because we don't know if they're going to have full programs or anything like that. So they, they're getting these guys with good FBI, which is football intelligence. And they're, they're ready to be plugged in to play right away. Then uh, we'll, we'll round out their, last three picks, which was their day three. And I think in day three, you're trying to hit on someone who has a trait that you like and you think you can develop. Obviously Cleveland doesn't have a, you know, history of developing, but you know, they, they can draft. <laughs> Harrison, but they like traits. <laughs> they do like traits and they can identify them. They just can't develop them. So you have Harrison Bryant tied in out of Florida Atlantic. I was actually talking to my roommate, second appearance, shout out the real MVP. And, uh, he sent me a video of Harrison Bryant playing Ohio State, and he put a move on Jeffrey Okuda that completely turned him around. If he had a run, Jeffrey Okuda, what what was what was he again? Uh, what was the number one overall cornerback in the draft and oh. the number three pick? Oh, and the, hmm. So you're saying he's pretty good at football? <laughs> I believe so. You know, I think I think <laughs> okay. he's seen All a right. pigskin once or twice in his life. It's your amateur opinion that he's. It's my amateur opinion, obviously. I'm no ex- expert, but I stayed at a Holiday Inn last night. The amateur executive. <laughs> and then they got uh, with pick 160, Nick Harris, offensive lineman from Washington. You know, anytime you can add to your offensive line, as I said earlier, it's it's good news. It's good news. You can never have enough depth. And then I love what they did with pick 187. They got a real fast, speedy wide receiver who was done no favors by his quarterback play at his school in Donovan Peoples-Jones from Michigan. I just, you know, the Browns lacked depth, that wide receiver, and they knew that this was a deep draft. 
and they were able to get someone who has potential to take that third wide receiver role over. You know, and anytime you're playing with OBJ and Jarvis, like, are you kidding me? This job is going to be so easy. It's like, dude, you got to run like half a step. You're going to be wide open because no one's going to respect you. Unbelievable. Yeah, you got to run against a linebacker or a safety. You got it, kid. So coming into the Browns, coming in, the Browns had a really good roster overall. And now they were able to pick. Initially, they went with need. But they also took best player available most times. And it just so happened that best player available was filling needs on top of that. And if you're filling needs and on a team that doesn't have very many holes and you're plugging in players right away, to me, that's, that's how you win a draft. You know, it's quantity out over quality. You want to hit on 10% of your picks to be pro bowlers. And that, that'll keep your team consistently, typically pretty good. So we've, so we've, yeah, that's, so, so we've talked about kind of the, so, you, so basically in GM, in, in, in GM Jermaine's opinion, the AFC North is, is, it's going to be an AFC North, uh, final, right? An uh, AFC final. <laughs> AFC conference will be decided by who wins the AFC North. Uh, but, no, that's so not what I said, but you, sure, we'll put me on the record for that. The Ravens and the, and the Browns, right? Right. Your two, your two teams that, that won the draft. Take me through some of your individual players, individual draftees in, in the rounds who, who you think can be kind of the sleepers. I know you already mentioned Patrick McQueen. You already mentioned a couple of other guys. Take me through kind of, you know, in, in, in each, in day one, day two, day three, the guys you saw that you think can either make an impact immediately or the guys that that down the road are gonna uh, are gonna really help the organization. Yeah, so you know, first round picks. It's typically everyone's real hype. Those guys are covered into the ground, and uh, so it's they're you know you almost expect them to hit. There are some question marks always, but in the first round, it's definitely Patrick Queen. Uh, just unbelievable value at pick 28 and he went to the perfect spot like that front seven is loaded he comes in he gets to fill a need real quick and they're going to ask him to play fast and downhill this is going to be a run stuffing linebacker for a really good uh defense overall and it's uh it's just and i th- it's just unbelievable i, th- I think i think a, a, a good thing too is that He's not going to have to come in and be that player right off the bat for the Ravens. He's he's going to be able to he's going to be able to learn a little bit. He's going to be able to kind of just ball out, ball out, young man, and not have to be that kind of rookie leader. Yeah, there's there's no pressure on him. He gets to go out and play football because that team is latent with veterans. You know what I mean? I just the, the Ravens did an outstanding job putting this team together around Lamar Jackson, and they crushed it again this year. And it's just uh, and the the crazy part is is that he was the third linebacker taken, you know, depending on how you view Isaiah Simmons, whether he's a safety or a linebacker. I mean, I that is just the ball. He's the he's ball ATH athlete. <laughs> athlete. <laughs> what what do you want to do? You want to put athlete in space. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but he was picked after Jordan Brooks, and I I'd be shocked if Jordan Brooks has a better career than Patrick Queen. Well, I'll give you I'll give you two. I, I I got two for you, Jermaine, in the first round. 
and, and this is this has been covered by outlets everywhere, and I think this is why a lot of outlets have media outlets have Dallas as as one of their winners of the draft. CD Lamb at seventeen. Oh man, that's you can't. I, I went. You, you you can't with with. He was the third wide receiver taken. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna come in. He's going to immediately improve that Dallas team that I think maybe could have used a cornerback or a D lineman there, but I mean it's 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 kind of like one of those he's still available kind of things. Like if 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 the best play if if arguably the best wide receiver in the draft, you were telling me before the draft he's your number one. Absolutely. If your number one wide receiver is available, you, I mean, cornerback yeah, D line. And here's cool. the thing: we'll we'll stop the- on picks later. We need to grab him now. Yeah. Yeah. And and that was what was so brilliant about this is the Cowboys made a strength stronger. You know what I mean? Good luck defending those athletes in space. It's CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, who's underrated as hell. Then you have Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. All you, There's no way you can defend them. Dak Prescott is – Hands down, my pick to be MVP this year. I'm putting it on the record right now. Way too early prediction. Dak Prescott, MVP. It's unbelievable. Now, what would you what would you say if I if I if I came to you and I said uh, I'm I'm picking CD Lamb as my offensive rookie of the year? Oh, I'd say uh, ditto. Yeah, book it. CD Lamb, offensive rookie of the year. This he is so talented. He might in two years, make Amari Cooper expendable. So Amari Cooper only has guaranteed money on the books for the first two years of his contract. CeeDee Lamb going into his third year can get Amari Cooper cut. <laughs> that sounds <laughs> That's good. very true. That's and then my, my, my second winner from the first round, Jermaine, my second, I think, winner instead of sleeper, Edwards Hilaire, Clyde Edwards Hilaire out of LSU getting drafted by the Kansas City Chiefs. Are you kidding me, man? It's, are you ki- like the the Super Bowl champions? I mean, are are we 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 might be seeing this new kind of uh, we we might have waved goodbye to Tom Brady in New England, and we might have just ushered in a new. I mean, yeah, Andy Reid gushes about the kid. If if you if you can put the letters NFL in a line. And you're not a Kansas City Chiefs fan, you should be scared for the Kansas City Chiefs because they've reloaded. It's unbelievable. They're playing Madden while everyone else is playing tackle football. It's <laughs> it's unfair. It is unfair the dynasty they're they're putting together. Andy Reid was presented film on this kid, right? And they were like, This kid plays like Brian Westbrook. And Andy Reid's response was, No, he's better than Brian Westbrook. <laughs> oh man, Andy Andy Reid loves him some Brian Westbrook. <laughs> Brian Westbrook's a legend. You know what I mean? Like that's that's high praise. And and Patrick yeah. Mahomes, his efficiency passing to the running back position is unbelievable. It's like seven point seven yards per catch, which led the league. It's it's just staggering how efficient he is. I think in his two seasons playing with Kansas City, running backs have caught like 16 touchdown passes. Now you add this home run threat. You add this home run threat, a diminutive dynamo who can just absolutely rock it. I, I, 
I just A plus plus Kansas City. Great, great pick, great pick. So I'll I'll kind of give you I'll kind of give you my my sleepers or my the picks that I loved in the rest of the draft, Jermaine. So that was my day one. On my day two, at thirty four, I love Michael Pittman Jr. to the Colts. Michael Pittman Jr. is a big physical wide receiver, right? I think he is a dude that can come in and instantly improve a Colts wide receiving core that was beset with injuries. And that was not Brissett, as in <laughs> Jacoby, the quarterback who they're doing no justice to go pack NC State. <laughs> but Brissett with injuries, I think he's going to come in. He's going to be a day one starter off the bat. I love the pick by Indianapolis. I think he's he's the guy that can take a little bit of a, a little pressure off the Colts wide receivers. Uh, the bad the the thing is though, if they have the same health issues, and he's the guy. Just put two put two guys on him, and then you kind of see what you saw last year, which is the Colts are not able to. <laughs> that's a bad thing. Yeah, uh, we saw the Colts struggle to score points, to say the least. All right, who else you got? I I love Carolina at sixty four, getting Jeremy Chin. I think he's Isaiah Simmons with less tape. I think he's a guy that can play that nickel corner. He can play corner. He can play safety. He can even drop down in the box if you need to for run support. He's a guy I like a lot. Uh, just maybe not that scouted, not scouted that much. And then I, I, I hate to say it, but I got to give a shout out to the Saints, Zach Bond hey. at seventy four. I mean, go, he, he's a he's a he's a he's a guy that people are saying was going to get picked day one. Day one, first round, and he drops to 74 in the third. I mean, that's that's just amazing value for the Saints. People were mocking him in the first round to the Saints. <laughs> that's- yeah. In a in 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 a in a division where you know everyone has been stocking up on offensive weapons and offensive linemen. Well, uh, regardless of the Panthers, because the 2020 is not our year. Come on, 2021. <laughs> um playing for the future. It's, it's just yeah. One one thing I don't understand is at 53, the F- Eagles taking Jalen Hurts. I don't understand it. Can you kind of explain oh, that to me a little bit? Here's the thing. <laughs> the Eagles won a Super Bowl with a backup quarterback, right? And it was the year Carson Wentz was slated to win the MVP. Like, he was that good that year. He is an outstanding quarterback. And them drafting Jalen Hurts is just them understanding who they have at that position. They have an absolutely talented player, but they know that he can be injury prone, right? Whether that's their fault or his fault, Mm -hmm. who's to say, you know? But they paid Carson Wentz like he's a top-tier quarterback. And the way you want to approach your positions is you want to cut out your salary cap and be like, okay, this position group's going to get X, Y, Z amount of money. And so you have to use that money to fill out the all positions, first string, second string, third string. They've got Jalen Hurts in the second round at pick 53. I think his contract's going to be something like four and a half million for four years. Are you kidding me? They got Jalen Hurts for four and a half million for four years. Let's say Carson Wentz goes the route of Andrew Luck, right? Because we see young players retiring early all the time. It's happening nearly now. Let's say Carson, injuries, yeah. Let's say Carson Wentz gets so beat up that he's just like, "Hey, I gotta go," and 
they're sitting there with Jalen Hurts, who many think has a strong possibility to be a very good quarterback in the NFL. Now he gets to sit back, no pressure, study under Carson Wentz, who's going to take him under his wing, and he's going to a, you know, a place that can coach up quarterbacks. We saw them do it with Nick Foles. We saw Josh McCown come in the playoff game and, and almost <laughs> will that oh. team to victory with a torn butt muscle. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I, I understand why people are upset because that wasn't a position of need, but I understand the thought process. I'm still going to have to grade that pick a little low just because there were so many other, <laughs> so many other people on the board. I just wanted to present a little rationale as to what the GMs were actually thinking in that situation. So GM or GM, GM Jermaine. So a little bit of trivia for you. There were 13 quarterbacks drafted in the first round, right? Okay. <coughs> Excuse me. Not the first round. You mean the How draft? many quarterbacks? Or sorry, sorry, sorry. In the draft. How many quarterbacks? Had the first letter of J. <laughs> oh. All right, so you got Joe Burrow. 13 drafted. Joe Burrow. You have um man. You got James. No. You got Jalen. I think I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go ahead and say three, four. There are Jermaine, there are eight quarterbacks oh. that were drafted in the 2020 draft. With the first letter J, eight quarterbacks. There are thirteen drafted. There were more quarterbacks with not with a different letter. Twenty five other letters, <laughs> and there were five of them. Now, from round here's 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 the thing that that everyone can take to their bar trivia next time. For this, put it in the back of your mind so you can whip it out at fancy parties. From round two, which was the Jalen Hurts pick. Till the sixth round at the Jake Lawton pick. That those string of five straight quarterbacks were all all had first names that started with J A. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Jalen Hurts streak like Jacob Easton, James Morgan, Jake Fromm, and Jake Lawton. Wow. Wow. Now that is so. That's a little bit of bar hall trivia. <laughs> that is that is bar hall trivia. That's going to come up in three years. We're going to win it. And one one final one one final pick that I love from day three, Jermaine. Before we move on to our how the draft impacted our win totals and our divisions, I love the Malcolm Perry pick. Dolphins. <laughs> Shout out our boy Malcolm. Oh, dude! I hope that you make shout out, shout out Navy. Uh, shout out Navy. Go Navy. Beat Army. Hey, go Navy. Beat Army. Um, yeah, that's good. That's such a fun pick. Uh, I'm just gonna go ahead and highlight yeah, I mean, you- a few uh, sleeper picks, and then we'll move on. Yeah, yeah. We'll move on to my little brightest, darkest. You know what I want to add to every draft that we do. Who has the brightest future coming out? Who has the darkest? Obviously, you could argue almost anybody, but these are just my takes on it. But we'll go ahead and go uh, round two through seven. I love Grant Delpit, safety, LSU to Cleveland in the second round. Uh, I already spoke on him earlier, but, you know, he has the talent to be uh, a top 10 safety in the league. Then you go Chase Claypool, wide receiver Pitt. He's fascinating. They might turn him into a tight end. Big Ben it, it can, can usually make wide receivers be good. And the Steelers have a history of getting 
you know, some slept on receivers and then turning them into stars. We won't name his name, but you know, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, Zach Moss running back Utah to Buffalo. That one-two punch with Devin Singletary is going to be nice. Fantasy owners are probably not happy because he's going to go ahead and cut into those touchdowns again for Devin Singletary, but it is what it is. Mm-hmm. And then I love uh, Denver taking a tight end in the fourth round. They took Albert with Bonham. I know I said that wrong, so I apologize, Albert. But he was actually the tight end for Drew Locke at Missouri when Drew Locke was there. So they have instant chemistry, reunion and continuity. That's just a it's just a great way to run your run your franchise. If you already like that first player and you like the second player, pairing them together is just smart. Here's a Dallas. Everyone's been talking up Dallas. They have absolutely crushed it with the last pick. In the fourth round, they got their potential center for the future. They rec- they replaced the retiring Travis Frederick. Shout out Travis, you know, another young player gone too soon, but he was a center for Wisconsin. So they tasked draft Tyler Bediaz, center from Wisconsin as well. I think that line has so much talent on it, they can mask his deficiencies early. He's playing in between two absolute good guards. Watch, this dude's probably going to make noise, second-level pancakes all day long. Then I'm going to go Kenny Robinson. This is the official podcast of the now-defunct St. Louis Battlehawks. Battlehawks! (laughs) But Kenny Robinson was a safety that went to Carolina. I think he he has terrific talent. He's a lesser-known prospect. He had some off-field issues at West Virginia, but he has played professional football. So he's already got that experience coming in, and he's a ball hawk. Absolute ball hawk. He's going to be roaming that secondary, just picking off Drew Brees for, well, I would say years to come, but maybe just this year. <laughs> so he's a he's a ball hawk and battle hawk. Huh? Yeah, nah, no, go figure. It's almost uh, prophetic at that point. Then you have a Bradley and I, who's ranked really, really high, and he just kept falling and falling, and finally Dallas again. You know, if they're running a mock draft machine, they come in and save his slide and they take much needed edge help. You know, we'll see how he de- how he develops. But I think yeah, he can he can be an eight sack a guy, just a real solid piece that plays for your front seven and just contributes and puts up numbers for you. You know, he's probably not going to lead the league in sacks, but not many people do. It's only one a year. So then you have uh, James Proch, talked about him earlier, sixth round to Baltimore. I think that's a phenomenal pick. And then double down in the 37-pick wide receiver class. It's uh, on record, tied for the record lead at 37 for most ever taken. And we'll end in the seventh round with K.J. Hill, wide receiver, Ohio State. Um, tiny, incredible value, speed, but played for a winning program. And he's going to go Hill. in. Steve Smith, great comp, great player comp. He's poor man Steve Smith because Steve Smith's a Hall of Famer. Um, but that, I just wanted to get those guys out. Those are who I'll be watching a lot this year, as well as the Saints draft class, as always. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I, that's that's all good stuff. That's all that's all great stuff from Jermaine, the GM. So, I mean, we'll we'll, we'll kind of highlight it. And we'll kind of mix this next part in, but so we we are uh, compulsive gamblers, um, very good at losing. <laughs> we only uh, pick losers. Fade this podcast. We fade fade this podcast. We're going to give you a lot of picks. All of them are right. We've done our research. 
up until the start of the game, every single pick is well researched. It's right. It's not done on emotion. And then after the game, Jermaine, we can think of every single reason why our little pea brains made that pick and why it was wrong. So with that being said, folks, <laughs> let's get into our, our season total. So Jermaine, I'll, uh, we'll get started here. So this is off five dimes, right? Website five dimes, shout out five dimes. Uh, did you hear? That's right. Official sportsbook. Jermaine, did you hear that they're going to build a tab, like an internet click tab for me at five dimes? <laughs> they're going to name me a sponsor because I've donated so much money. to them. Just donations. Just, just your. It's going to be five dimes, man. five dimes at five, at five dimes slash Nick Morahan. <laughs> EU. But we'll start with the AFC East. So the AFC East right now, you got Buffalo and New England, both tied for winning the division. Plus 128. The Jets are at plus 825. Miami is at plus 1,200. And we'll do win totals here in a second. Okay, well, here, I'll I'll do win totals right now. Right? Buffalo and New England are both over under 9. I will tell you... Here is the value here. Buffalo over under nine is minus 105. New England over under nine, over nine is plus 130. Wow. So New England, New England and Buffalo, even though they are favored, they're the same favor, the odds makers believe New England under nine is negative 150, while Buffalo under nine is negative 115. So the odds makers believe, based on that, that Buffalo is going to win the division. So with my inaugural pick of this podcast, Buffalo's winning the AFC East. Way to go out on a limb there. I just want to go ahead and uh, – I'm going to take it. I'm going to book it. Book it. So, uh, Plus 128. A book, book Buffalo over nine. I think that's a phenomenal, uh, a phenomenal over and under. I think they're going to hit 10 wins easy. So we'll go ahead and book that right away. I mean, I'm not a man to doubt Bill Belichick. We've seen him win without Tom Brady before. Like Matt Castle was only good with him. Uh, Jacoby Brissett played great with him. Like it's just, it's unbelievable what he can do and what he can coach out of every single player on the field. So if you want to put a little pizza money on Patriots over nine, little you know, pizza money, I ain't gonna even be mad. By the way, by the way, for the audience out there, pizza money is supposed to mean five dollars, right? For a slice of pizza, okay, so you put a little five dollars on it, a little slice of pizza, right? Sprinkle a little parmesan. If you hear us say sprinkle a little parmesan on it, that might be a little ten dollars, right? Yeah. A little pizza money, sprinkle a little pizza money. For me. I always tell Jermaine pizza money, and then it ends up being hundreds of dollars. So, <laughs> unless you're getting gold flaked pizza. All right, Jermaine, the Jets, the New York Jets, six and a half wins. Miami over under six. Anything you like there? I love that value with the Jets, right? So, if the Patriots don't hit the over nine, obviously someone in this division is going to overachieve a little bit. I love the Jets. The Jets paid $16.5 million to CJ Mosley last year. The dude played half a game for them. Half. <laughs> you got him. It's, it's not fair. I'm, I'm going to use my calculator. 
That's not a very good value. <laughs> it's terrible. It's terrible value. Sorry, I had to use my calculator. So I'm, I think the Jets are going to surprise a lot of people, right? Everyone's going to talk about all the holes they have, Adam Gates, blah, 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 this and this. But Sam Darnold finally has two years in the system, right? He's going to come in. He's not going to be thinking as much. The game's going to slow down. He's going to understand what he needs to do with the football. And then the other piece, the other nugget that tells me I like the over six and a half for the Jets is the fact that Chris Herndon, had a breakout rookie campaign for them, was slated for big things in his second year, gets suspended, comes back, tries to tr- tries to get back in his shape, pulls a hamstring, doesn't play for them. That's two big-time pieces that didn't play for them. So I think that the Jets pick uh, has tons of value. I like it a lot. Now, now I will say over 6.5, Jermaine is minus 125. So although you like it, the odds makers like it oh. too. So, moving on to the AFC North, right? The AFC North, the Pittsburgh Steelers are favored to win the division. What? No, that's a lie. And it's, I'm glad you reacted like that. So, for division odds, Baltimore, negative 200 to win the division. They're the clear favorite. Pittsburgh at second. They're at plus 420. Cleveland third. They're at plus 585. Cincinnati rounding out the bottom plus uh, 3,100. We'll go to win totals. Baltimore, over under 11 and a half. Ooh. Pittsburgh, over under nine and a half. Cleveland, over over under eight and a half. Cincinnati, over under five and a half. I'll give you two picks from this division right now, Jermaine. Oh. Baltimore, the over on Baltimore. 11 and a half is minus 105 right Whoa. now. You can book oh, that yeah. for me. I'm All taking over Baltimore over 11 and a half, and I'm going to take Cleveland over five and a half. Joe Burrow wins more than, more than six games or wins six six or more games. Oh, Cincinnati. I'm talking Cincinnati. I think – what did I say? Cleveland? Every time you say Cleveland. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I meant Cincinnati. I'm taking Baltimore – over 11 and a half, right? I think that's tremendous value. At minus 105. For, that, I, at minus 105. That's for sure pizza money. That's 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 Nick Moraham yeah, pizza money Nick right Moran. there, which means I might throw a, a, a couple hundo on that. And then I like I like Cincinnati five and a half. That's minus 110. I think they added a couple of good guys, T. Higgins, Joe Burrow. I think they added enough playmakers that they can get to six wins. I'm not saying they're going to win eight. I'm not saying they're going to win the AFC North. I think Baltimore, I even think minus 200 for Baltimore is a steal if you want to take that. Oh, right? yeah. Division winner at minus 200 for Baltimore. That's a lot. That's. I mean, oh, they're, yeah. they're not even, I mean, well, I mean, I guess I, I was going to say they're, they're the second highest uh, odds total for division winners in the NFL. But I mean, Baltimore over 11 and a half. That's, that's my pick. And then Cincinnati over five. That's, that's minus 110. Okay. Uh, I just so wanna, that's I, pretty standard value. I, I, anything, I, I, anything you like in the, North. I think I agree with that uh, pretty well. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that I'm all in on Cleveland this year. I love that. There's no hype coming into this team. There's no expectations and Ooh. there's just chips all over those shoulders. Miles Garrett's back. He has something to prove. They fixed that offensive line. There's no questions now. They added Austin Hooper. They drafted linebackers. They added a safety. They, it's just they are poised to take a tremendous leap, and you only want them to win nine games. So I think that has some value. What, what's the plus? Uh, what's the odds for their win total? Minus one hundred five. That's what I was just about to tell you. Minus one hundred five. 
Okay, yeah, I might, I might. You actually, like it? I might actually be all over that. It's every single person on that team has something to pl- prove, including the coach and including the front office. Uh, so they're going to play with a big chip on their shoulder. Let's go ahead and move to the AFC South. What do you got for me there? Yeah, so AFC South. All right, so we got Indy. Right, Indy is the division. Five Dimes says Indy's going to win the division plus one forty-five. Tennessee comes in second plus one seventy. Houston at plus three sixty-five. Then Jacksonville at plus twenty-six fifty. For win totals, we got Indy at nine. We got Tennessee at eight and a half. We got Houston at seven and a half, and we got Jacks at five and a half. I will tell you right off the bat. Well, here I'll, I'll 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 let you go first. I'll I'll let you. I, I took the I took the 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 lightning or the uh, thunder. Took your thunder last time. So you you tell me what you like in the AFC South. Oh my God! And the fact that Indianapolis is favored uh, to win that division ridiculous. Give me Tennessee. All ridiculous. Day. Give me Tennessee all day. And here, and oh, here, yeah. I, I, here, I, I here's the thing. I guarantee you, Tennessee uses their remaining cap space to get Jadavion Clowney. And if not, I'll chug I'll wow. chug a beer as punishment. That is, I think Davion Clown oh, is going to end up a Tennessee tight, and Tennessee is going to is going to come back and absolutely smoke that division. Bill O'Brien, uh, worst GM of the, the year. This is an anti Houston Texans podcast. Until that man is fired, uh, the Houston Texans win a Super Bowl, and I'm going to never say they've done a good thing right ever. And <laughs> another bold prediction is Deshaun Watson is not going to be on that team. He's going to end up just like Kirk Cousins, except he's not going to want to resign with them. They're going to franchise tag him. They might franchise tag him again, but he's probably not going to show up a year, and he's going to force his way out because they have absolutely botched that man's career. No offensive line help, and then you trade away arguably the best wide receiver in the game. Are you freaking kidding me? Oh, awful. <sighs> awful. I love – I agree. I agree wholeheartedly with your Tennessee pick, although I, I'd like one thing. The Indy under nine is plus 110. I don't know, but I, I, I think there's some value there. I think there's a chance. I think people are, are, are hyping up Indy a little bit too much. I, think, I don't think they have a good, they have a definite quarterback. I think you have two average to below average NFL quarterbacks and you can't combine them into one person. <laughs> I think you have a wide receiver core that we talked about earlier with Michael Pittman that has a rookie leading it or really injured wide receivers who didn't perform last year. If they can get healthy, sure, I could see them winning eight games, nine games, but you're not going to beat the Titans. The Titans are winning that division. Yeah. Now, no unfortunately, way. the Titans you're, over you're, eight and a half is minus 135. So oh. there's no there's no value in the Titans. Hammer it, but I but I'm gonna ride I'm gonna ride Tennessee. I'm gonna I mean you gotta hammer. I mean you gotta hammer the Tennessee to win this out. Oh. Plus one seventy. I mean that's that's free money. Vegas just gave us you know, on this podcast we make a lot of mistakes, but the one thing we don't mistake is free money. And that's that's Vegas, you know, helping you out. That's Vegas comp in your room right there with the Titans winning the division. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, so do we think that DeForest Buckner isn't gonna have that big of an impact on Indianapolis? I just, I, I just don't think I, I don't. Wait, he might, but he's not. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, look at JJ Watt. I'm with you. I'm with you. I mean, JJ Watts. JJ Watts a, a generational talent, and the Texans haven't really done that much, and they're certainly not going to do that much this year because the Texans suck. You heard my Texans rant. We're an anti-Texans podcast. <laughs> get, get them out All right, here. So All right, let's go ahead and move on to the AFC uh, West. So we'll, 
So AFC West, right? You got KC minus three sixty to win the division, okay. followed by Denver plus nine seventy five. Denver and the Chargers, the Los Angeles Chargers, should be San Diego, uh, are both at plus nine seventy five. With Las Vegas coming in at twelve fifty. Oh, I'm going to have her to the Vegas most likely on these win totals. Let's go. So KC, 11.5 over under. Denver, over under. Now these next three teams are top. Oh, wow. Denver, Denver, LA, and Las Vegas are all predicted over under 7.5. Here's my, th- here's my thinking. If you are going to rate all those teams at seven and a half, something has to give. So if you rate those teams all, if you think all those teams are winning eight games, are going eight and eight, my my thinking is from where? <laughs> right? You know what I mean? I mean, you're pretty much booking two losses to Kansas City, and then they're all going to beat up on each other. So you're already looking at four losses just from the division. And, and, and I'm looking at win totals, and – I, I got the paper right in front of me, but like in the NFL, from where <laughs> you're going to have the you're going to have the AFC West. Yeah, they're a high a high octane offense. We already mentioned that offensive division, but you're not going to have each team with eight wins. That's ridiculous. No, no, there's no way. I don't see. I think it. I'm going. I think I'm going Raiders. I think I'm, I think I'm hammering the Raiders Here? over. So the Raiders over minus one hundred and five. There's a uh, lot. There's some value in that, and you only had. They only have to win eight games. Yeah, I'm, I like the Raiders. I think that's. I think that's a good bet. Other bets that I like to see, right? Is I like to see. I mean, I, I don't know. I the there's intriguing numbers. The Denver under and the Chargers under. The Denver's under is plus one hundred. The Chargers under is plus one thirty five. Mm. Those are those are huge for me. Those are huge for me. The odds makers think that the Chargers are going to win more than seven and a half games. Minus one fifty five is their over under, followed by Denver. Yeah, at one twenty. The Chargers defense is fast. Derwin James is back. They added they added corner depth with Chris Harris. I think if you're going to hammer anything, it's got to be Denver. Just just the official growing pains of Drew Locke will happen this year. I think the kid has a ton of promise, but you know he's uh, all his all his weapons are real young in the NFL. So they're going to be growing together. I don't know what they're going to get out of Melvin Gordon, the offensive line. It's kind of, they put some assets into it, but you know, that's kind of patchwork. They're going to have to figure that out. So I'd probably say if you're going to hammer it under Denver's is probably the one to hit and Los Angeles could surprise some people really just, yeah, on, I, uh, you know, their quarterback play essentially. Cause I think their defense based up. on what I, you're good. Yeah, I, I I think I'm going to take Denver. Do you want the Las Vegas over? I do want the Vegas over. Yeah, put me down for that one. All right. Put it over. <laughs> all right, let's so go ahead and uh, – Playing in Vegas. Now this, now, this is all pending if the season happens, everybody. This is if the NFL season happens. Oh, don't you put that juju in the air. Come on now. It's happening. All right. So, AFC – or NFC East, excuse me. Let's move on to the NFC East. So – Five dimes has the divisions. Dallas is minus one hundred three for the East. Philadelphia is uh, plus one twenty eight. The Giants are plus twelve seventy five. Washington is plus twenty three hundred. For win totals, Dallas is at is at nine and a half. Philadelphia is at nine and a half. Whoa! 
The Giants, the Giants are at six and a half, and Washington's at five and a half. I'll let you talk first, Jermaine, and then I'll and then I'll jump in with what you I got. Like. Six and a half Giants, five and a half Redskins, correct? Yep. Okay. Yep. So uh, this is the proverbial crap. Giants, Giants over. Giants over six and a half is plus one fifteen. By the way. Oh, interesting. So this this division is the proverbial crapshoot. It's it's yeah, it's impossible to predict. Uh, Dallas was clearly the better team last year, but they could, their wheels completely fell off to end it. Uh, it seemed like Jason Garrett message got stale, and they needed to move on, and they did. And they brought in a coach with some pedigree. They also absolutely crushed the draft. They were my third best drafting team uh, for the draft uh, behind Cleveland. Loved every single pick. Every single pick is going to come in, fill a hole, and play for them. I think when you can say that about an entire draft class, that is uh, pretty flawless. So I'm going to go ahead and book Dallas over. That that offense is indefensible. Over. It's indefensible. Now I, I it's in. I would say that you. I would say that you would want to book Dallas over, but the odds makers are are right along with you. They have it at minus one forty, so might want to shy away from that. Love the thoughts, but might want, might want to shy away from it. I so, so I'm taking from a betting perspective. Mm-hmm. Go no no go ahead. From a betting perspective. I love this division right now on five dimes. I love it. I want it. I want all the pizza money here. I might spend $500 in this division alone, Jermaine. Let me tell you why. All right. I'm going to break it down. I loved Dallas 103. Dallas minus 103 to win. Give me that all day. Book it. Book it. Book it. And if Dallas wins, then the Philadelphia, Philadelphia, the, the, Philly is not winning 10 games. Book me the under nine and a half minus one Oh five. Moving on the giants over six and a half over six and a half plus one fifteen. book it for. Me. Oh, okay. Book it over six and a half. Danny dimes, baby. I love this division. Jermaine, I'm going to spend, I may, I may even spend $2,000 in this division. I love it. I love the Dak for MVP pick. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I love the I love the CD Lamb pick. Offensive rookie. I love paying Amari Cooper to. I I love paying Amari Cooper twenty million dollars to drop three balls a game. I love it. I love it all. Mm. This, this, <laughs> Hammer down. Honestly, when you were reading the lines to me, I kind of loved it all too. Uh, I actually am gonna vary on you as far as uh, Giants over. I think I'm gonna take the Redskins over. You got. Oh, Redskins over five and a half got, plus 100. Got him one game less. Ron Rivera, I love him as a person. Got as a coach. Yeah, I got you, it's terrific. Oh, shout out. The <laughs> they drafted Dwayne Haskins, right? The year before. That's not his guy, but they're going to use him. And I think Dwayne Haskins got a raw deal with the way they handled them bringing him in. But that team is going to surprise people. That front seven is arguably the best in the league. Just the amount of talent on that front seven is staggering. Now, if they could stay healthy, it's another issue. But they've got tons of assets in the running backs. They've got wide receivers. They took some interesting picks in the draft at wide receiver and running back to make it even more interesting. And Antonio Gibson and Candy Golden, who was an ESPN darling, uh, it kind of got annoying how much they loved him. But new leadership, everyone's on board. Trent Williams is out of that locker room. There's no questions anymore. It's it's over five and a half for me. I like that value. I just didn't like the Giants draft. Uh, I loved Andrew Thomas. He was my number one tackle uh, 
on it, and I love that they took him. Dude has a high floor, low ceiling. But the dude is – I think he's going to be a 10-year starter, hands down. Uh, Saquon's interesting. I just – they're wide receivers. I'm not sure if they have a one. I think they have a nice collection, but I don't see any game breakers because they traded OBJ. Sterling Shepard can never stay healthy. Evan Ingram can never stay healthy, but I love him. And, it, of course, Saquon is just a stud. But that, I'm going Washington here. Yeah, if – if if he can stay healthy, it'll be it, it. It I I think I'm I'm betting on a healthy Giants. I'm betting on each player to hit their potential, and I'm betting on plus one fifteen because I love that baby. All right, let's move on to the North. All right, so you got Green Bay plus one sixty to win the division. Minnesota in second at plus one seventy five. Chicago in third plus four thirty, and Detroit at plus eight hundred. Moving on to the win totals, uh, you got Green Bay at nine. You got Minnesota at nine. Here's an interesting thing for you, Jermaine, though. The odds makers have Minnesota over nine at minus 105. They have Green Bay over nine at plus 100. So here's my advice to the people out there and you, Jermaine, if you want to take it, and probably myself because I'm talking to future Nick here who doesn't make smart bets. If you think that Green Bay is going to win that division like I do, you are taking Green Bay over and pair it with Green Bay to win the division. Because the odds makers have done us a switch up and they've said Minnesota is plus 175 to win the division, but we think they're going to go over. They're more likely to go over nine than Green Bay is. So if you think Minnesota is going to win the division, you hammer that Minnesota, Minnesota winning the North. Yeah. Uh, As for the other one, Chicago's eight and a half. Under, I'll, I'll finish them up. Chicago's over. Chicago's eight and a half, and Detroit's six and a half. Mm, yeah, I'm under. Under, and Matt Patricia gets fired. Uh, that's 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 what I see happening with those two teams. I think the division crown race is going to be real interesting in this division. Um, I absolutely hate Green Bay. I don't. I like they were not as good as their record said last year. And every single person said it. And then they didn't do anything to get better. They were quiet in free agency. They were awful in the draft. And it's it's and the, unbelievable. And then Minnesota has 15 rookies drafted coming in. 15. That is cheap, cheap talent to go with their high-end guys. I think Minnesota got rid of Stefan Diggs, who's probably a headache in that division. You got Irv Smith Jr. coming back for a second year. He's probably going to blossom. Kyle Rudolph's still there, you know, Mr. Reliable. He's just, he's like Jason Witten, nothing exciting. He's just going to get it done. I'm going Minnesota over and to win the division. Plus 75? Ooh, Minnesota. Plus 175. Mm, plus 175, oh, yeah. Let me get that all goddamn day. <laughs> Oh, Eating W. Let's go. Let's go. Captain Kirk has been and expected forever, <laughs> and he's going to prove people wrong. Oh yeah, this this is this is a as much as we hate the Houston Texans, this is a Kirk Cousins uh, free. This is a Kirk Cousins criticism free zone. That man puts the team on his back and deals with prima donnas while having some of the best untalked about numbers in the NFL. Yeah, I I, I like. Kirk Cousins, his moxie. I like his moxie. And then the thing that nobody talks about is the reason why Minnesota's offense turned around last year is that they brought in Gary Kubiak's running game scheme. 
The dude is a disciple oh, yeah. of Mike Shanahan, and you saw what Terrell Touchdown Davis did with Mike Shanahan. Gary Kubiak did not leave. Three seasons. They instead, Hall of Fame. They instead poached, poached the offensive coordinator. Cleveland said poached the offensive coordinator, and Gary Kubiak's still there. That is a that is the yeah. the least talked about, most important move that, for Minnesota this offseason. So book me that. And I'm right, taking the under. All right, Jermaine. Oh, the under on Green yeah, Bay. Yeah, I think uh, now it is my, now it is minus one twenty. Oh, okay, maybe maybe. It's so there's not, not a lot of value not. there. All right, let's go. Ahead. So I'm gonna switch things up a little bit, Jermaine. I'm gonna switch things up. I'm gonna go NFC West I like third. Or I'm gonna go NFC West next, so we can talk about our favorite division and close out the podcast after uh, that. Not All favorite, right? the best division. The okay. best, the best division. Our favorite, the best. Well, they were trash a couple years ago. Yeah, but we've um, had three Super Bowl participants. Three Super Bowl participants in the last you know decade. Holler. Um NFC South podcast. Fuck the Falcons. Uh, NFC West. All right. <laughs> San Francisco minus one oh three to win. Seattle second at plus two eighty five. Then coming in the Rams plus four forty and the Arizona Cardinals rounding out the pack at plus nine ninety. Here's some win totals for you, Mister Germain. San Francisco over under ten and a half. The Seattle over under nine and a half. The Rams over under eight and a half, and Arizona over under. Seven. I'll tell you who the odds makers are favoring. It looks like they're favoring the San Francisco over, the Seattle under, the Rams under, and the Cardinals over. Wow. Again, I think I, I, mean, I, your think thoughts. I agree with Vegas again. What was uh, Arizona's uh, win total over? Over under seven. Over under seven? Oh, daddy lied. Yeah, but the over is 140. But the over-under is 140, so Vegas likey, too. Daddy. Oh, so it's minus 140 for the over. Minus 140 for the over, yeah. So Vegas really likey the I don't over. Give a, I don't give a what, what. Give me the over on the Arizona Cardinals. I love it all day. They added DeAndre Hopkins. Kenyon Drake's about to have a full season. We'll see. He could be a bust, but and they also have uh, – They also have – man, who was oh, – I forgot his name. Did, did, they, did they get anybody in the offseason? Yeah, I just said mm, I, did Hopkins. they get anybody else in the offseason? Uh, yeah. I thought they added DeAndre an offensive Hopkins. weapon in the offseason. I was playing Nuke. you, dude. I was playing Nuke. it out. I was playing they the added audience. Nuke, bro. <laughs> yeah, I was playing the audience. <laughs> I I don't I don't really see any value in this. I if if I were to take anything, I would probably take yeah, I, I well, I would probably take Either the San Francisco division winner at minus 103 or the San Francisco under 10 and a half at 105. I don't think San Francisco is winning 10, is winning 11 games. I think they're winning 10, but that's a little too close for me. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to book it. But I think, I think San Francisco wins 10 games, but I'm, I'm not, I don't have the, the steel cojones. To, to lock that one in. Yeah, this division uh, is, is a real, real close co- to call division. I think it's be real, real competitive. I think uh, division records are going to be hugely important in this for uh, tie breaks. But, uh, yeah, I don't see a lot I love, uh, but I definitely love the over on the Cardinals, even if it's minus 140. Just just give me that all day. I'm on board. Now, let me now, now, now let me propose a scenario to, here, to, to you here, Jermaine. Now, 
everyone's forgotten about Sean McVay. What happened the last time people didn't remember Sean McVay? He took the Rams to a Super Bowl run. Everyone's Kyle Shanahan darlings now. I'm just saying Rams over under four and a half, over over under eight and a half with a plus four forty. I, I could I could see myself, and this will be on future podcasts. I could see myself putting just a little bit of pizza money on the uh, plus four forty Rams to win the division and uh, the over eight just, and a half. Just give me that money. If you if that's what you want, just give me that money. No, all day long under Rams. Rams are going to have a top ten draft pick this year, and you know what's crazy about that? Jacksonville is going to have that first round draft pick. The Rams are absolutely Ooh. going to underachieve. There's too much turnover at too many important positions. They have they have too many top heavy contracts and not enough depth. I don't like the Rams again. That offensive line is a gigantic question mark. Their best offensive line is like a 37 year old offensive tackle and Andrew Whitworth. I mean, he's a stalwart, but that offensive line is about to get terrorized by San Francisco, Seattle, and Arizona with Isaiah Simmons coming in now. No way. Under all day. If you take that, I'm going to laugh at you all the way to the bank. All right, let's go to the best division in all of football. Maybe the world, maybe all of professional sports, the best division here, the NFC South. All right, I'll give you I'll give you totals. I'll give you uh, divisional win odds, and then I'll give you uh, over-under. Give me all the info. So, let's go. All the info. So New Orleans is favored to win. They're at minus 108. They are, by the way, the, the highest team, the highest odds, Highest, lowest, whatever. They are the they are the most favored to win their division in the NFC. Tampa Bay comes next. Tampa Bay is plus one fifty five. Oh, Atlanta is next. Atlanta is next. They're plus eight fifty. Carolina rounds out the bottom at plus twenty fifty. <laughs> New Orleans over under ten and a half. Tampa Bay over under nine and a half. Atlanta <laughs> over under seven and Carolina over under five and a half. Jermaine, I have two picks here. You're going to love both of them. Let's go. New Orleans over 10 and a half. Book it. I want it. New Orleans over 10 and a half. I said, uh, I said uh, earlier to you earlier before we started this, I said the New Orleans Saints are going 14 and two. Oh, That's you improvised. lied. I did say I didn't. You started with sixteen. And I said six. I said sixteen and zero. They're going fourteen and two. That's a wreck. I will chug a beer if they don't go fourteen and fourteen and two. Okay. All right. I'm down in a beer if they don't if they don't do fourteen and two. I have a second pick for you. By the way, that was Saints over ten and a half plus one hundred five. My second pick for you is the Atlanta Falcons. They're going under. They're going under seven and a half. It's plus one hundred five. There's no way. There's no way they're winning eight games. No way. Not in that division. Not in this division. Where, where are the eight games going to come from? So those are those are my two picks, Jermaine. Let's, let's hear your thoughts. Under on the Falcons. Here's the thing. I'm always, like, enamored by the Falcons. I always think that <laughs> they're going to do better than they do. You know I mean? And they under. Yeah. So I'm going to double down with you and go ahead always. and hit that under. Uh, the Falcons are going to show up. Season. Okay. Tons of promise. They're going to have this revamped offense. Todd Gurley, Julio Jones, Matt Ryan. It ain't going to mean a goddamn thing. Hayden Hurst is going to be a bust. Not a goddamn Calvin thing. Ridley ain't nothing special. Julio Jones is another year older. 
He's getting tired of carrying this goddamn team, and they're going to go under again. <laughs> Dan Quinn should have been fired two years ago. It's a shame that Ron Rivera is let go before Dan Quinn. You got to be kidding me. But, you know, the Carolina Panthers aren't exactly a beacon of, you know, well run organizations. So we'll just go ahead and leave that one. <laughs> I love. It's a nice day. I appreciate that. I love the overs for Tampa Bay and New Orleans. I think they're both 10 win teams. You know, double digit win teams. I, I think they're both double digit win teams. And, you know, at. So now New Orleans is at ten and a half. So you think New Orleans wins eleven games? I think I think so. I think we get twelve. Okay. So are you booking it for because we play all our our tough teams at home, and that's a the big deal to me. I think that's what puts them over for twelve and four. We're able to squeak it out. We got great special teams. We got great offense. We got great defense. We've got talent at every level. We we've just I just I, I'm you know obviously I'm biased. And I'll admit it, but in New Orleans all day, division winner, over win total, Tampa Bay is making the playoffs. They've got over uh, over the win total, and Tom Brady is going to throw something like 36 touchdowns at 43, and everyone's just going to be like, does he, does he ever age? We do have to inform the people that you do have a bet on Tom Brady touchdowns, do you not? Yes, it's a jersey bet with my good friend Ryan uh, we won't say his last name. Nobody needs to know his last name. But it's with my good friend Ryan. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we have a jersey bet. He says that Tom Brady's old, can't throw for it, can't throw, you know, anything. I agree with him. And uh, I just think that the weapons, the scheme, and the IQ of that football team, as well as the drastic overstatement that they have a bad off- offensive line, um, coupled with Todd Bowles' second year running that defense, more talent coming to it, Antoine Winfield, another ball hawk in the backfield. I just think Tampa Bay playing down there in that Florida heat to start the season is going to start four, probably 4-0. Four Hopefully they don't play the Saints to start the season. They're probably going to go 4-0, and, and everyone's just going to be like, oh, my God. Is Tom Brady ever going to age? It's going to be that, you know, the Tom Brady comeback tour. <sighs> He's pissed off. You don't like a pissed off Tom Brady. Oh, I, that's for sure. Everybody's saying, you know, everybody's saying, hey, uh, it's it's the system. Bill Belichick, you know, he's taken Matt Castle. He's taken, you know, these other quarterbacks, and he's made and he's made great things. And Tom Brady, he's he's just a product of Bill Belichick's system. I think he's pissed off, and I think he's actually, I think he's motivated, and he's and he's ready to play football with all these weapons that he has. Bonus pick, I I, I want you, I want to hear it come out of your mouth, Jermaine, because I don't want to say it, but I think. Carolina goes four and twelve this year. Man, real tough, real tough team I mean, to read. <sighs> Teddy, <laughs> they're always Teddy, are. Teddy Bridgewater. You know, love the guy, big time. Teddy Two Gloves fan. I just don't know. Not a good start. Just don't a good know what Matt Rule brings to the table. I think he's a pretty good X's and O coach, but I just don't know how he's going to control that locker room. And coupled with the off season, you know confusion with the whole COVID-19 issues. It's it's just a perfect storm for that team to, to just fail and get a real high draft pick. And uh, I think that it's going to be – I would a lot of people favor the Bengals to get the number one pick, but I think the Panthers are going to get it. And it's going to be pretty poetic because Trevor Lawrence tore up 
the Carolina area in college, and I think he's going to end up coming to play for the Carolina Panthers. If they don't get the number one pick, that means someone drastically dropped the ball because this team is deficient at all levels of all talent. Rookie head coach. Not only is he a rookie head coach, he's a rookie head coach in the NFL. Like he's never coached in the NFL. And he never never coordinated. Never coordinated. I'm saying he's never coached. Like never coached. This dude is coming in and he's on a temple reunion tour. Get out of here. Get out of here, Matt Rule. You even drafted a player from Baylor. He's actually pretty good, but fuck off. Yeah. So, I, so I'll, I'll I'll give you I'll give you the positive spin on that. No, there isn't one. No, they're, well they're done. The first well done. Yeah, they're, they're, they have they have you know I I believe we're what, what were we reading? Jermaine, an article by Warren Sharp that said uh, that they have uh, matter Madden franchise user created uh, players <laughs> at uh, on defense. And I don't. I mean, I, they didn't add any offense. I think the. I think Ian Thomas at tight end. I think he's gonna. He, he's he's not what Carolina thinks he is. I think he drops too many balls. I think the rest of the offense. I think Teddy Two Gloves has not been a good starter. He's. A, it's really easy to come in as a backup and have no pressure on you because you're playing with house money. But I think his record as a starter is not good. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't see anything. I don't see. A, I don't see six wins for this team. I really don't. But so that's so that's the coverage here. Let me let me let me just go over. Let me review for everybody out there the picks. All right. So here's what I like, Jermaine. I like Buffalo to win the East. That's at plus one twenty eight. I like Baltimore over. That's at minus one hundred five. That's over eleven and a half. I like the Cincinnati over five and a half. That's minus one ten. I like Tennessee to win the AFC. Uh, South at plus 170. I like the Denver under seven and a half at plus 100. Dallas to win the East at minus 103. The Philadelphia under nine, nine and a half uh, at 105, negative 105. Uh, the Giants over six and a half at plus 115. The Saints over 10 and a half at plus 105. And Atlanta under at seven and a half. Have I reached a million dollars yet? Uh no, but you you play with house money in that department. <laughs> I also said that if the Saints do not go fourteen and two, I will shotgun a beer on national television. Uh yeah, or just a YouTube video. <laughs> you Jermaine, you Jermaine. Here's what you got. You said at the beginning, you said Buffalo over nine. You like that? That's minus one hundred five. Cleveland over eight and a half. That's minus one hundred five. You love the Tennessee division win pick with me. You said Las Vegas over seven and a half minus one hundred five. Washington over five and a half wins plus one hundred. You like the double combo of Minnesota plus one seventy five uh, to win the North, and then an over of nine at one hundred five. Arizona. The Cardinals over seven at minus one forty. You didn't care about Vegas. You said I agree with you, Vegas. I'm gonna pull a little money on that too. You said the Saints over uh, ten and a half. That was plus one hundred five. Combo that with the division win of the South at minus one hundred eight. And then uh, you also said Tampa Bay over. That is minus one thirty five though. So that's yeah. uh, that's a little bit don't, of a don't don't care. Give me that all day. 
Tom Brady's not not Tom Brady's winning ten games. And then these will be brought up. These will be brought up later um, in the podcast. But these are your bold predictions. I'll run through them. I wrote them down as we went. All right. Jadavion Clowney before the 2020 regular season starts will be a Tennessee Titan. If not, you're shotgunning a beer. Deshaun Watson will be a free agent in 2021. You said no, no, no. that the Rams after, after 2021. So a 2022 yes. free agent. And he might get franchise tagged is what I also said, but just book it. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. Next. The Rams will have a 2021 top 10 draft pick. Tom Brady will throw for over 36 touchdowns. That's a jersey bet with no, Ryan. No, it's 32 and a half. Carolina will be. It's 32 and a half. Oh, it's 32 and a half. I think he throws 36. Okay, so so over 32 and a half. And then Carolina gets the number one pick in 2021. Oh, man. I was that just, sound about I right? I was just professing. Uh, you forgot Dak for MVP. Oh, that was okay. and CD Lamb for Austin. Oh, Dak for MVP. Yeah, yeah. And Patrick Queen for defense player. That's right. I'm just out here giving people the the knowledge. We don't even need to play the season. I already know what's going to happen. What's the point? Yeah, what's, it's already going to happen. We've already got it right here. The and the Ravens win the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I haven't picked a Super Bowl winner yet, baby. Let's, let's slow down. Let's slow no, down. We'll, we got a little time for that one. Yeah. <laughs> Enough bold today. <laughs> All right, so. For those of you out there, we're going to wrap it up, but we're, we're going to wrap it up with one last thing. Jermaine, you came to me uh, two days ago, and you said that you wanted to do a fitness challenge. Can you explain a little bit about uh, that? Yeah, so I want to shout out a nonprofit or not-for-profit uh, organization called Run For It EP that started in my hometown. It was started by uh, two of my good friends. And right now, during this uh, unprecedented times, they've gone ahead and organized a challenge. I think there's about 48 to 50 people who are signed up, and it's a 100-mile challenge. So starting uh, as of April 29th, 2020, through May 31st, 2020, you have to run at least 100 miles for the challenge. And whoever runs the most is going to end up winning uh, some sort of prize. It hasn't been yet, named yet. But I just thought it was a great way to get a community together, to get them all involved. It's a worldwide thing. Everyone can do it at their leisure. And it's just a way to challenge people. So I came to you and asked you if you wanted to do it. You said yes. So we decided to go ahead and uh, make this part of our podcast. And uh, – you and I are using the Nike Run Club app. No, we are not sponsored, but we're yeah. just going to go ahead and shout it out anyways because <laughs> maybe one day. Um, and we've got a little challenge going, so we'll just go ahead and give the results for it. And this is and 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 this is by the way for everybody out there. This is not this is this is a challenge to challenge yourself, correct, Jermaine? For who can run if you can run a hundred miles, but then the prize, the top prize, is given to the runner who runs the most correct, miles. Correct. correct. So if someone runs two by May thirtieth, by the way, just to correct you, because there's only thirty days in May. Oh well, then uh, let me just go ahead and uh, fuck myself. Oh wait, are is there, is there only thirty? No, there's thirty-one. That's that's my that's my bus. Oh my goodness, you're correcting people and you don't even know. Yeah, oh, it's, oh, it's it's whatever. It's bad, white privilege. Bad look. Anyways, uh, we'll just go. We'll All go right. So up. right now, Jermaine. Yep. Right now, Jermaine. I got it pulled up. You're at eleven point four seven miles. Jermaine has been busting out the miles. He. I can't even see his stats. Can I see his stats? No, I can't see his stats. Jermaine has been busting out. We're three days in. Jermaine has eleven point four seven. I have a running plan. I swear, I'm at two point six. <laughs> 
<laughs> Everyone, I'm gonna do it. You, I swear. I'm I'm gonna run a hundred miles. I promise. But hey, everybody, we we really appreciate you guys tuning in for the first podcast. It's gonna get sharper. It's gonna get tuned up. But you know, we appreciate you guys listening and and, and giving your time. Jermaine, anything to say to the people before we go? No, I just want to say that if you came and listened to this podcast, thank you very much. Like that's that means a lot to us. This is just uh, something that we've really been wanting to do for a while. This is usually how we talk with each other anyways. So we just decided to start recording the conversations. Hopefully that this brought some fun and enjoyment to your day, filled some time, gave you something to think about. And if you guys fade us and make money, we want you to reach out to us and let us know. As soon as we get our social medias up and running, we'll go ahead and let let him, let you know the next coming podcasts and, and we'll go ahead and plug it uh, wherever you get your podcasts. So a big wholehearted thank you from Nick and myself because we know that in a day and age where you can get uh, your entertainment from anywhere and you curate it for yourself, by yourself, to yourself, that if we were a part of that, that's you know that's very much an honor and a pr- privilege. As well as uh, everyone out there for COVID nineteen, I hope you're staying safe, doing well, and uh, you know uh, keep your keep everything you've got together. Yep. He said everything. All right. Bye, everybody.